we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Willow Truman. Hi, Willow. Hello, hello. So excited to share with you what I am talking about today. Yeah. I've kind of like spilled the beans on a little bit of it, but I've been holding in the meat of the content. Meat and beans. I don't know. Oh, I'm you actually save the meat and beans. I know. I'm usually hungry when we record, but not today. <laughs> but like the food analogies will just pour out of me naturally. You send me a picture of that. The fucking spread you had earlier? Jesus. <laughs> My breakfast? Well, yeah, there was mm -hmm. like, there was the most kingly, like, was that, was that bacon? That bacon, was, made some home fries. That made was the most nice... kingly slab of bacon oh, yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. I was incredibly jealous. <laughs> kind of pissed. All right. So let's get into the meat. Let's get into the meat. So the opportunity to be publicly exploited, shamed, misrepresented, humiliated, has never been more common, more normalized, or more accepted as a business practice than it is today. We witness the humiliation and exploitation of others in the media almost daily. And I'm not talking about hashtag cancel culture, although that could overlap with this. I'm actually talking about reality television. So we're getting right into it, huh? We're getting right All into right. it. So reality television, it's great for passing the time, but what I kind of sought out to know is, is it good for the people we see on the shows? I mean, I, I think TV is just terrible for everybody involved. Yeah. So I, I enjoy say, it. I love me some trash television. I know you do. I, I can't, it, I don't know what it is. I get like, just, I feel icky. I feel just really yeah. icky. Yeah. Like there's blood it. on your hands watching it. Yeah. So we know that audiences are entertained by this type of content. Maybe not you, but me. I love I can it. Get, I can get a chuckle. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. It generates enormous profits for media outlets. So like... I don't see reality TV stopping anytime soon. If anything, I think it's going to get bigger because it's way cheaper to produce. Oh, yeah. And it definitely it fulfills a specific place in, yeah. in our culture. I mean, I keep remembering like last year, like right when the fucking lockdown started and shit, Tiger King. Yes. That was like a whole package of a fucking thing oh, yeah. all together. Like that was... Uh, we oh, kinda, yeah, we all bonded over Tiger King. We needed Tiger King in that moment. <laughs> we really did. <laughs> so... Tiger King, he's a pretty controversial figure. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> some people are like, oh, release him. We love him. No, fuck like, that guy. no he's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. Piece of shit. Well, I want to talk about a very polarizing cast member from the reality show Naked and Afraid. Have you ever watched okay. Naked and Afraid? I have not, but I've heard. it's a show I hear a lot about all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. probably because it's a hell of a title and a hell of a premise. Yeah. You can't get much more. You I know, know that. Um, it was a controversial show during its birth because there was a lot of moms upset about like the nudity aspect and the fact that they don't blur butts in the show. Mm. Um, like, okay. <laughs> All right, weirdos. You really want us to you you, want to blur yeah. the crack? <sighs> I don't know. We all got butts, man. Can we, we do. Go? 
we should at least be able to acknowledge that we all have butts. Yes. So for some reason, a lot of viewers of Naked and Afraid are too naive which is a really nice way of putting it, to understand that what's presented on television is not a fully fleshed out and accurate representation of the actual events that take place. Yes. Yeah. So the person that I'm going to be talking about went on Naked and Afraid, and, well, the viewers really, really fucking hated her after they saw her on this show. Why, uh... What'd she do? I mean, we're going to get into that, but she is Honora Bowen. Honora Bowen. Doesn't that name have, like, such strong main character vibes? Definitely does. Like, it's a strong name. Yeah, no, that's definitely from, like, a, a young adult, like, fantasy novel. Totally. Not from there, but it totally like kind of It's is. a hell of a name. And her life is like a book or a movie, pretty much. Uh, yeah. how'd, so, you, how'd you find out about this, this person? <clears throat> Well, I found her post on Reddit, and from there I read her blog, and I read about her experience on Naked and Afraid, and I thought, holy fuck, I need to talk about this. Yeah, so this is like this is a story that you, you, know, you found. Like, yeah, I f- just fell down this rabbit hole. Yeah, you, okay, yeah. And was just truly like fascinated by the things that she had to say. And my first reaction to her was so visceral and so like, oh, I don't... This reads like the ramblings of a paranoid person. I don't buy this. But then right. I, I read it. I opened up my heart. And um, turns out, like, when I cross-referenced things that she had to say, they were true. And um, it's always good to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, uh, you sent it to me when, uh, when you first found it. And I had the same reaction. I was like... Uh, this is just the, this is some more, I mean, it's not like, it wasn't a stretch of the imagination to think that you'd be sending me like the ramblings of some deranged person. Yeah, I do that uh, all the time. Yeah, you do that literally all the time. So Almost I thought it was every just, day. you know, so I was just like, oh yeah, it's some more, some more silly shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it turns out to be at least uh, a lot, a lot deeper than just that. Truly. So hold her name in your head, Honora Bowen. We're going to get back right. to her shortly, but first I want to discuss the nature of reality TV a little bit more. Yeah. So it should come as no surprise to anyone listening that reality TV has a misleading name. It's it's not real. No, it's not real at all. I mean, the shows are unscripted, but they utilize manipulative editing and producer shenanigans to drive conflict and make things more entertaining. That's like, what I duh. do. We... Yeah. <laughs> Manipulative editing yeah, on our to show. drive conflict. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. So some of them, some of these shows are straight up like entirely fake. Like um, the best example I could think was Amish Mafia. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was just complete bullshit. Yeah, totally. But like, there's, so, there's no Amish so Mafia. So even though Amish Mafia is fake, though, like. I'm never going to stop using the phrase green corn. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the best premise I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> or like uh, there's one shot from it. I remember it's like burned in my brain of a girl in full Amish clothing doing a keg stand. Like, <laughs> where else are you going to see that? You're not. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. So there's lots of different genres and subgenres of reality television. You got your makeover shows, talent shows, dating shows, Judge Judy shows, game shows, ghost shows, docu-series, docu-soaps, prank shows, shows where people have a shitload of children, <laughs> celeb reality, et cetera. Um, <laughs> No, really, that's like its own whole genre. It's crazy. It's a full subgenre. Yeah. Like, ooh, these people have like 12 kids. Let's give them a show. Look at this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so there's a ton of these shows that kind of live on the border of unethical human experimentation and entertainment. Yeah, like, um, there is a show on Fox Kid Nation. Kid Nation. It sounds like what you know what the title is they take a bunch of kids and they put them in this little like town and i think nevada and there's a a camera crew there of course so the kids aren't entirely alone they do have a degree of supervision is this lord of the flies a little bit they do make the kids slaughter animals just (laughs) so we're clear okay and a girl drank bleach on the show by accident um also (laughs) there's like a saloon in the little kid nation town where they all go and like drink root beer and like take shots of root beer and sarsaparilla and like act drunk and out of control and like i love it It but that's so fun yeah yeah but of course i think it's a little bit unethical to put kids on reality tv and open them up to like the scrutiny of the entire united states and make them compete for money absolutely but you know what they're having a good but time. But I'm glad they did because there's some, uh, there's some really funny moments. Um, Grossly unethical. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but funny. So before we get into some fucked up shit, I wrote down the names of a few really stupid reality shows and I want you to guess what they're about. Okay. All right. First one up. Knock first. Um, that's about uh, meeting girlfriend's dads for the first time. That's that's a really great guess. It's um, it is a room makeover show for teenagers. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. weird name. Yeah, right? it's a weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a weird. I don't name. know why I picked what I did, but I like it though. That okay. could be a concept. So next one is um, Game of Clones. Oh, <laughs> uh, there um follows uh the the fuckers that clone uh, polo horses in South America. That's, a, that's better than what it actually is. Yeah, it's a weird story I'm going to talk about one day. All right. What is it? What is it? What Game of Clones is, so it was on MTV. They had people that starred on MTV shows and had them come back to do this reality dating show they called Game of Clones. And okay. they, so like, say, I think Polly D from Jersey Shore was on it. Oh, of course um, he was. So like, they'll have their people come back and ask them like, who's your celebrity crush? So he said Megan Fox. And then he dates like 10 Megan Fox lookalikes. What? And picks from the lookalikes which one he likes the best. What the hell? Yeah. This is a show? Yep. It lasted one season. And I I didn't even bother, like, watching one minute of it. I just Uh, read the the synopsis and I was like, okay, that's fucking weird. That's bizarre. Next up, the baby borrowers. Oh, they're just borrowing babies. See how it goes. Yep. That it? Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. They also, (laughs) (laughs) it's couples that are like 18 to 20 years old and want to start a family. So they have them like take care of a baby and then they take care of like a toddler and a kid and then a teenager. Uh, And then they have them take care of an old person. Like, uh, I I don't know. And where did those babies come from? Like who's, who offered their baby to be like, oh yeah, I'm cool with these people just like taking care of it and how is that any I, mean, I shouldn't even get into it because there's so much wrong with all that that it's like kind of pointless to say but there's no con- continuity of of character between their their baby their toddler their, their no. child it's and not it's not, the not same like parents person. have to take care of like their kid when they're elderly uh, assuming that the parents are dead long before their child becomes elderly right it's like a benjamin button scenario i don't know it's weird next up tool academy oh 
that's when you go learn how to make wine with Maynard James Keenan, and he's actually like not as nice in, in real life as you as you'd hope he was. Or maybe you're just not good at making wine. Who is that? That's the guy from Tool. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> Your ideas are blowing my mind right now. Um, Tool Academy is where girlfriends are upset at their boyfriends for being tools and they go, <laughs> they go learn how not to be such a tool. Wait, really? Yeah. That's great. Yep. I love it. Okay, American stuffers. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Um, that follows uh, the, the, the drama. Uh, that follows the internal drama of a team of employees that build a bear workshop. <sighs> Yes, that's kind of like, that was my alternative to what I thought of my head. It's definitely like a Build-A-Bear scenario. Yeah. It's just about taxidermists. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, groomer has it. Oh, that, that was... Um, it's a follow-up to uh, to Catch a Predator. That, God damn it, that was exactly what I was going to say. Yes, now, now it's... Um, I not remember the name. It's literally about dog groomers. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. gotcha. And then the last one I have is Ivana Youngman. That's about Donald Trump's uh, last wife. Yes. Is it? Yep. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ivana Trump helping Holy a shit. woman like find a young lover. <laughs> wow. Ivana young man. Wow, that's disgusting. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> so moving on. That was fun. I'm disgusted with myself. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So reality TV editors are left with hundreds of hours of footage that they need to condense into a succinct story. And in order to make this story come together, they'll probably construct some Franken-bites, you know, different sound bites stitched together to create a new whole. They'll probably use footage without proper context in order to connect unrelated events. Yep. God forbid you're a moody and sensitive person. Get ready to have any evidence of you ever being nice cut out of the show. They'll oh, switch yeah. around the order of events, interview you until you give the reaction they want and can use, and create a false version of you for the public to tear apart. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, next time you see like any reality show, even like Kitchen Nightmares or, or whatever, like the way they use music and, and mm -hmm. cuts and stuff like... There's like musical cues, like whenever there's the dumb one shows up, like the oh, dumb yeah. one on the episode, they'll have a specific musical cue that tells you this person's dumb. You shouldn't take anything they say totally. seriously. And just like shit like that throughout all of it. It's like, just start looking out for it. They're manipulating you all the time. Actually, you bring up Kitchen Nightmares. In 2007, on an episode of Kitchen Nightmares, Gordon Ramsay told New Jersey chef Joseph Cerniglia, your business is about to fucking swim down the Hudson. And three years later, Cerniglia would jump into the river from the George Washington Bridge. Holy shit. The Hudson. So it's not Gordon Ramsay's fault. No. But, you know, just saying. Kitchen Nightmares is yeah, not yeah. absolved. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so I want to share a quote from Marion Farrelly. She's an Australian reality TV producer extraordinaire. She's done shows like Celebrity Apprentice and Farmer Wants a Wife. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do my best Australian accent. Just, you know, you're cringing. You no, I'm not oh, cringing. Okay. I'm grinning. Before they go on my shows, I give them the talk of doom, as I like to call it. I'm doing pretty good so much. That's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. That's always, I've had, always had a hard time with that one. You will leave here and you will be too famous to go back to your job, but not famous enough to be famous. So you probably won't work for two years. If you're a guy, people will want to fight you in the pub. If you're a girl, <laughs> no one will want to date you. Everyone you have ever slept with, <laughs> slept with will come forward and they will tell their stories to the press. And you think you'll be the person on TV that everyone loves. But actually, when was the 
the last time you were in a bar and you saw someone from TV and went, oh my God, there's that idiot off the telly. You don't think the idiot will be you, but it probably will be. Great woman, huh? Quite uh, candid. Yeah. yeah. She also mentioned that she doesn't like to cast smart people in her shows because they self-edit too much. And <laughs> she enjoys the social experiment aspect of it. Yeah. So she's a she's a psychopath. Yeah. Mad scientist psychopath. <clears throat> so there's kind of this pervasive belief amongst viewers that because participants willingly opt in and sign contracts, it's like, okay, fame whore, you want it to be on TV, so this is what you get. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, do thousands of people hate your guts and have a twisted perception of who you are because of manipulative editing? Oh, too bad. You were asking for it by participating. Yeah, yeah, like, no, we don't have any sympathy for them. I mean, until you start talking about this, I don't like, have any sympathy. I really don't. Yeah, I didn't either. But then I started looking into this and I really rethought it. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I don't agree with that, and I'll get into why. I want to warn listeners that I'm going to talk more about suicide for a little bit. So if that's something that you're sensitive to, feel free to skip ahead. So the court of public opinion wields quite a bit of power. And being publicly shamed by thousands of strangers apparently really fucking sucks. And the public shame from viewers is bad enough, but knowing an entire television network orchestrated your humiliation, like... You know, that that would really suck. Yeah, yeah. Um, and blaming the cast for any negative experiences they may have had as a result of their participation is a really simple way to look at it and honestly kind of mean because the rate of suicide amongst reality TV show participants is three times higher than the national average. Whoa. Yeah. 38 people have committed suicide after appearing on reality television. Holy shit. And that includes three Love Island UK cast members in just the last four years to Two really? of them within the same year. Wow. Yeah. From Love Island UK. Have you have you watched that show? It's at all? like a really trashy like reality dating show. Yeah, yeah. One of the women who died, Sophie Graydon, was in the first on-screen LGBT relationship with co-star Katie Salmon. For some reason, because she went into the house as a bisexual, mostly dating men, it was really hard for viewers to believe that their bisexuality was authentic. And oh, there Jesus. was yeah, like oh, you're just faking it for attention, blah blah blah. Like two femmes couldn't possibly be attracted to each other like you know they must just be wanting male attention so um people suck yeah they really do so another one of those cast members was mike felicitous and his friend and fellow cast member johnny mitchell writes and no funny accent this time (laughs) (laughs) one thing's for sure when the producers of love island sold us the dream they never warned us about the reality we could face they know what they're getting into people say if only that were true how differently things might have turned out i'm trying to get to grips with what's just happened 26 year old guy my friend he couldn't go on this isn't a show this is the real thing the reality is this within a year two contestants of love island have found themselves in such a dark place they've taken their own lives and as a former contestant of love island i know that there are many others who left the show and were hit with depression following a baptism of fire that they never anticipated. Jesus. I love that. Yeah. Baptism of fire. They were not properly warned about and then were left to their own devices to deal with when the sun set on the season. Christ. I know. 
And aside from those who were tragically successful in taking their own lives, countless others have made attempts and suffered damage to their mental health as a result of their television appearances. Big Brother 10 contestant Sri Dasari was rushed to the hospital after self-harming. So on Big Brother, you are being kept on a live feed 24-7, but also right. it's like every day the network releases an episode that's edited. So like yeah, yeah. it's like an everyday show for a little bit. Dude, the UK... Yeah, they, they we do know it in to, America too. Yeah, but they Big Brother started there, right? Yes. They they're particularly good at that kind of like mm-hmm. dehumanization yeah, stuff. Yeah. So Sri Dasari exited the Big Brother house after being evicted, and the crowd was booing him. Like, why? and he had no idea why, because yeah. you know he doesn't know how they edited him right, to know right. that like you know people hated him. So he exits, and you know everyone's booing him, doesn't like him. Right. Same thing happened to former Big Brother winner Nadia Almada. She had to be rushed to the hospital less than a week after returning home from Ultimate Big Brother, and she was also booed by the audience. She had Fuck's no sake. idea why everyone hated her so much. She said. Going on Big Brother ruined my life. I was the victim in that house, but I was shown to be the villain. Jesus Christ. And then I also have an Instagram post from um, Lenny McSorley, who was on the MTV reality show X on the Beach in 2017, to also, you know, shine some light on how people struggle with their mental health after participating in these shows. How do you think you pronounce her name? It's it's L-E-O-N-I-E. I don't know what up. L-E-O-N-I-E. I said Lenny. That's what Leonie? I would guess. Leonie. Leonie. Okay. So this was her post. The truth. Starting with reality TV, Instagram, it's all bullshit. My biggest regret in life is ever going on TV and trusting people telling me it was the best thing for me when all Ooh. it's really turned out to do is close many doors instead of open them. You get manipulated into thinking you need to act out and do certain things to make an entrance or make good TV or else the whole thing would be pointless when in actual fact, all you're going to do is humiliate yourself for the sake of other people's entertainment. Yeah. She talks about how she fell into a deep depression. She would wake up every day feeling like she had no purpose in life and no routine, but she would still do these Instagram paid posts and like do these fashion collabs and stuff. So she's talking about just like how shallow that is and how people might look at her and think everything's great, but she really points out like this is all a lie and I'm miserable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about like how people like on reality shows and reality shows like what it's they're they're trying to emulate like scandals and shit we see like scandals in like you know not reality shit but like uh i was thinking like monica Lewinsky and shit like Mm -hmm. she got her like i mean she's still alive she still has a life she's still doing shit but that will forever define her yep like can't get rid of it yeah ever and like it doesn't matter who she is doesn't matter like has to integrate that into part of her like personal narrative now and she was like you know she was a fucking staffer of the white house like in her fucking early 20s like super early 20s smart woman smart fucking woman like smart person would you know tried to do some shit and then um yeah no that's just we just know her for the scandal now it's 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 quite fucked up how we can just like steal someone's entire life from them like that yeah so like i said before reality tv is a great way for networks to make a lot of money without having to pay participants very much they don't really care about the people at all they care about how much money those people can generate for the network um and 
honestly, the people who go on reality TV, the regular people who go on, uh, they're not getting rich from it. So Sequoia, oh, I want no. you to guess how much TLC pays cast members on their show 90 Day Fiance per season. It's okay. 13 episodes. 13 episodes. And it's, it's number one on Sunday nights, pretty much every Sunday night. It's spawned an entire family of spinoffs. It's yeah, like their yeah. most successful show. So yeah, how yeah. much do you think they pay people? Oh, um, I mean, we know it's low, so I'm going to say, I'm going to try to get this right because I care about winning. <laughs> I'll just say uh, 24 grand. All right. It is lower than that. Really? So, yep. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So half of the participants on TLC's 90 Day Fiance aren't compensated at all because really? they don't live in America. It's about Americans oh. who are dating foreigners. So half Whoa. of the couple doesn't even get paid. Whoa. And the ones who do only earn about $1,000 to 1500 per episode and typically get, get about 13 k to 15 k per season. So they're not exactly rolling in the money for, no. for the humiliation they face not and like the exposure. Of course, some of them have gone on to, you know, make really good money with their OnlyFans and right. um, Instagram deals and whatever. But that's but, like another lottery ticket. Yeah. Right? Like that's but just... the, sh the show itself, it's pathetic. Yeah. So now I'm going to get back to Anora. Yeah. Let's talk about Anora. Yes. We are going to talk about her first appearance on Naked and Afraid back in 2015. If you want to watch the episode, it's season three, episode 11, titled Dunes of Despair. Jesus. Yeah, I know. All of the episodes are kind of titled like that. Yeah, though. they do that. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was 28 at the time of her appearance. And if you're not familiar with the show. Which I am not. Yeah. So they drop off two naked strangers, a man and a woman who don't know each other, yep. into a remote location. They give them like one survival item, according to what you see on the show. Okay. And see if they can survive for 21 days. Wow. Yep. That's actually a pretty that's, long time. Yeah, that's a very long time. Well, looking at Anora, you might not guess how badass she is due to stereotypes about what pretty blonde women are capable of. Mm -hmm. So the cast page on discovery.com describes her as someone well-equipped for the challenge. It says occupation, nationally certified massage therapist, herbalist, and college student. Relationship status single. I, why okay. is that relevant? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Survival skills, plant identification, cultivation, and weaving. No, I'm, I'm, why does Discovery have to include her relationship status? I don't know. Like, they chose to put that on this page. Yeah, that's weird. Other survival skills, primitive fishing and hunting techniques, building shelters, land and water navigation, and water sourcing. So... Her little bio on this page says, Anora is a nationally certified massage therapist and energy worker, extreme athlete, herbalist, and survivalist. She has been pushing her body and mind from a young age, adapting from her early experiences of martial arts, competitive running, swimming, skiing, to backcountry snowboarding, rock climbing, long-distance swimming, and mountaineering as an adult. Hell yeah. Yeah. Fuck she yeah. received her first certification in CPR and first aid at the age of 10. In 2003, she traveled to Nagano, Japan, for a year as a postgraduate Rotary International Exchange student. By 22, she had snowboarded a first descent down a Yosemite gully, solo hiked hundreds of miles throughout the Appalachians and Sierra Nevadas, and traveled to Thailand as a rock climber and model for her third Stone Nudes calendar, where she swam two separate three-mile stretches of coastline in the Indian Ocean. While adventuring through the mountains, she often collects natural plant materials for her herbal body product business. Yeah. She also porters her own massage table into the wilderness 
wilderness and has given donation-based massages. That's fucking ridiculous. I like it. Uh, it's Yeah. Hell yeah. She completed the Lake Tahoe Marathon, one of the most difficult in the world, in 2012. She enjoys yoga and fire dancing in her spare time. And she's currently a theater and music major with a 4.0 GPA. She's sharp and also very athletic. She got the smarts. She got the skills. Yeah, she sounds fucking badass. Yeah, it says well, she strives to spend as much time as possible outside barefoot with her dog. She sounds kooky. Kooky, yes. But badass. It describes her on the show as like a wild child. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> so, She's been to Bonnaroo once or twice. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, we'll get into her background more, but I'm only going to tell you what Discovery shares on the show right now. Just so, like, we have a more isolated yeah, yeah, yeah. experience and you can weigh in on what you think about what is portrayed on the show. Yeah. So she's dropped off in the dunes of Brazil with partner Matt Strutzel, a, Strutzel. oh my God, I wrote a portly 24-year-old from Portland because I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Ugh. But his extra weight would actually assist him in completing the challenge, with Honora at one point saying she could, quote, cut off his love handles and put them on herself. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> I mean, when you're starving out there, you might be, you know, looking over at Matt and saying, give me some of that. You know, why can't I just, you know, take that and put it on my body? All right, getting into the episode. It, the show usually goes by like a day-by-day day format, like day one, yeah, yeah, yeah. day two. Blah, blah, blah. So let's talk about Matt a little bit more. I said he's 24 years old from Portland. He's a blacksmith and primitive skills instructor. His skills include plant identification, fire making, shelter building, tracking, and traps. Word. He He's also a vegan, by the way. I don't know. It's just It's relevant to the show because it affects, you know, I guess, has diet while there. Everyone's a vegan until they get naked and afraid enough. I think he, he stayed a vegan the whole time. Wasn't naked and afraid enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> the show also mentions that Matt is a recovering drug addict who's taught primitive skills for a long time. It said he started smoking weed in, like, fifth grade and then graduated to, like, cocaine in seventh grade. Oh, my. I know, right? That's That's young. Yeah, he also mentions that he loves being naked and he likes to ride his bike naked. Sounds like a guy who started doing cocaine in seventh grade. <laughs> okay. We also, before they're even inserted, we're learning all of this about, you know, our characters. We also see a clip of Honora. It says three days before her insertion, she has the camera and she's telling us about her dad's recent death and how um, she talked to him 10 days before he passed away. The thing that they talked about was her going on Naked and Afraid. So she talks about how, like, you know, she feels thankful to Naked and Afraid for whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So they meet up, and we see that Matt has brought a machete that he made for his survival item because, you know, he's a blacksmith. He's so stoked about that. Yeah. I would be, too. Um, and brings a magnifying glass. Okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh. Where uh, were they? I was going to say, the location <laughs> is important. Yeah. They are in the dunes of Brazil. They're in, I can't pronounce it, National Park, but Honora makes a comment like, oh, this looks like a foreign planet. This is like Dune or Star mm. Wars. It's just these giant sand dunes with these little, um, like, water, bodies of water in them that... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Magnifying glass. 
Good pick. I mean, plant identification. We'll get into it. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so day one, they get dropped off there. It's about four in the afternoon, which means the sun's going to set soon. So they don't really have time to set up a proper shelter or build a fire with that magnifying glass. Yeah, because there's no sun. Yeah. And they both say, "Oh, we're going to sleep like babies." And then later, you know, we see footage of them getting eaten to death by sandflies and saying, "I'm not sleeping like a baby anymore." Nope. But Ugh, you know, sandflies. it's good to be optimistic. Yeah. I know, shit. Fuck that. The mm. bug bites on this show are out of control. That'd be the worst part for me. Yeah. I think that I can I can't I can't do that shit. Yeah. So day two, the only thing that happens really worth mentioning is that uh Anora wishes she could cut off Matt's love handles and put them on herself because That's really cold. early. <laughs> it's early it's really, to just be it gets going cold that crazy. At night, I guess. And she also... Uh, she fucking never would have made it in the biosphere. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to get stuff for their shelter. On the way there, Honora spots some ants that she... she You know, it's like a nice little snack, a nice little afternoon snack. She says hmm. they taste like lemons, which intrigues me. Now I'm like, do I need to go try an ant? Uh, when, when I was a... When I was a kid, I, I ate some ants. Did they taste like lemon? I yes, I I just I used the term minty. Nice. Uh, when I was a kid. So she's enjoying the ants. Matt doesn't want any because he's vegan, of course. <laughs> and they get some materials for their shelter. Also, at this point, the narrator pops in to tell us their primitive survival rating, aka their PSR. Let's hear about this PSR. Uh, well, Matt's is seven point one, and Anora's is seven point six. Out of 10? I guess so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How do they come up with this number? I fucking don't know. It's just a thing that they do on the show. Gotcha. You gotta assign them their PSR. Gotta have your PSR. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Honora is using her magnifying glass to purify the water, using UV rays to, like, get rid of any cysts or bacteria from feces in the water, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, You know, in order to do that, you have to be out in the sun. And according to what we see on the show, she is lying in the sun and actually passes out while waiting for the water to purify, uh -huh. like, in the sun. Oh, no. And we are to believe that Matt pretty much works on and finishes their shelter while she's passed out yeah yeah yeah. and she gets so sunburned that she mentions her nipple is blistered which just hearing that like makes my nipple hurt dude fuck that i've gotten some bad sunburns before man yeah oh god yeah i couldn't so. walk for like two weeks once so that's that's what happens on day two day three Matt catches the world's biggest locust. It's like fucking really? huge. It's like really big. Jesus. And he very nicely gives it to his partner and she cooks it up with her magnifying glass, says, mm, it's like chicken. It's a little sweet. Oh, sun fried is the way to go, which I love. Context, um, you held out your hands like six inches. It's, it looked really, really, really fucking big. It's like a, like a hoagie size. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So that's nice. Yeah. And we see like a time lapse of them basically like laying next to each other at night and like all huddled up and cold and blah, blah, blah. We get a nice little sound clip that I'm going to play of Anora's feelings about sleeping next to Matt at night. I don't think most people understand how serious this challenge is. We have just been like huddled and miserable every night now. I don't feel comfortable having our private parts so close together. Like it makes me really uncomfortable. And the way he smells like literally I gag being around him. Aww. Did you notice anything weird about I, the audio in that? I sure did. Okay, we'll get back to that. After spending 
quite some time editing podcasts uh, yeah. the last couple of weeks. I noticed I noticed something. Uh huh. Yeah. There, right before uh, the word private parts, there was a there was a cut. Yeah, yeah. I, I can hear at least four different places where there was like yeah, little edits. I heard I had I heard two big ones like the right before private parts and right before way he smells. And also when she says huddled and miserable every night now, they cut in the every night now. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's I can I already know this. That's egregious. <laughs> Keep that in mind. All right. Now we flash forward to day seven. Matt and Anora are hungry and Matt is avoiding the sun. And Anora is upset because he's being lazy and not helping her look for food. And they get into a little bit of a fight. Uh, play the file. Um, stink fight. Stink fight. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You're really stupid. So okay. I'm not the fat kid here. <laughs> smells like. It's other Whoa. thing. Like we're biologically predisposed to hate each other because Whoa. day one I noticed that you stank, dude. Like you okay, stank dude. before you even got dirty. You what the stank. fuck? It's like everything I can do in my power not to gag sleeping next to you at night. It's so gross. Whoa. You stink and you're stupid and you're lazy. <laughs> what the fuck? So I'm over it. I'm seriously bow, bow, over bow, bow, bow. it. Dude, what? Tell me how long that clip is. That's... Like at least 40 seconds, right? 31 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like... I, I love this insult, by the way. I can tell we're biologically predisposed to fucking hate each other. Because yeah. from day one, I noticed you fucking stank. Like, that's savage. It is savage. That is a savage I insult. I mean, it's quite quite rude, too. Yeah, so, what? yeah, what's your reaction to that? What do you think happened between, like, day four and day seven? Uh, from that clip, I imagine a lot of stinking. Yeah. Uh, a lot of not bathing. A lot of, a lot of sleeping too close. A lot of, a lot of fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what I imagine. So after this, they decide to divvy up the building materials and she moves her camp over like six feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get to hear Matt say, yeah, this is totally like a divorce. And, you know, then there's a storm that night. And oh, God, um, you know, she's cold and freezing and day nine still raining. Matt is really, really calm. He seems to be doing okay with this. So let's uh, hear how Anora's doing. It's really hard. I want to make it to day 21 so bad. But I need some food. And every time I stand up, I want to black out. I can't walk anywhere without feeling like I'm going to fall on my face. In order to purify my water, I have to go into the sun, and my body is just scorched. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. So, not doing too good. Not doing so we're, great. We're starving out here. Yeah. So, day 10, rain stops. I guess that's pretty much all that happens that day. Um, day 11, we see Matt digging a giant hole. That's a lot of fun to watch. He wants to prove to his students that he can succeed. He says stuff like, um, you know, I have to do this for them and blah, blah, blah. That's what's keeping me strong and la, la, la. And we also learn... Um, 
that Honora brought the magnifying glass because her father taught her how to use it when she was a child and actually suggested that she bring it. Yep. Oh. So day 12, we see Honora searching for food. She hasn't eaten in days from what we see on the program. She also keeps calling Matt lazy, and we see Matt eating some cactus. Okay. Yes. At this point, I don't, I don't like Honora. Uh, yeah, understood. I, think, I from... think they're unqualified. I'm probably, I'm probably being very judgmental about her like energy work and like that kind of shit. Like, oh, she thought she could hang, but she's just, you know, hippie. She, she's just a, a a dumb hippie, fucking chip on her shoulder. You know, I'm probably if I'm watching this show, I'm probably thinking some pretty harsh things. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, so day thirteen, she's still wandering around um, looking for food in the sun and exposing herself to the heat. Day 14, really not doing okay. Please roll the clip, too hungry. She's just too hungry, doesn't have the nutrients, and she's just expending a lot more energy than she's consuming, and I think that's kind of wrecking her. <laughs> this place is not conducive to surviving for a long period of time without supplements. It's a desert. Yep. I need salt, and I need sugar, I need potassium, and I need magnesium. Not wrong. Can't eat these things. The way they time her sobs with the fucking dramatic music yeah, and then yeah. have it like swell at the end to be like, Bwow! like, okay, Dude, I, I'm just, like, I'm just imagining like fucking Peter Sellers from Dr. Strangelove yeah. and fucking in the editing you know, booth. At this point, like... She's, she's like laying like face in the sand, like her eyebrows are covered in sand. Her face is covered in sand. Like she's like not doing okay. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, her and Matt have also had some disagreements about the safety of the water mm. so she does not want to drink anything without treating it first yeah and he's so thirsty that he says fuck it i'm gonna drink it yeah yeah you know from from what i could tell like he's he's fine even yeah, though yeah. he drank the water yeah, yeah you know um it's like with shit like that it's like it's you're fine unless there's something in there. Yeah. You know, if there's like a carcass upstream or something. Right, like, right, right. Um, you could just be getting lucky. Right, yeah. Or it's like, it's more likely that it'll probably be fine most times, but you might get unlucky. Right. You know? So, yeah, face down in the sand, um, sobbing about potassium and magnesium. No one wants to be face down like, in the sand sobbing about no. potassium. Holy shit. No, especially because like, oh, the, the fans of the show loved that one. They thought that was like hysterical. Oh, electrolytes are funny. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Uh. <laughs> so then we hear the, the narrator. He pops in to tell us, Honora's body has been severely deprived of food during the last two weeks and is having a devastating effect. Her muscles are breaking down to keep vital organs functioning and the lack of potassium and calcium is causing muscle spasms and pain. Shit. Yeah. So we see her crying out like, universe, help me, help me. And if you ever have wondered what it sounds like when someone weeps for joy upon finding a coconut, you can play <laughs> the clip coconut. Dude, a coconut must be like the most magical thing you can find. Oh, my God. Holy yeah. shit. It's like a, finding a diamond. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
Like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So she finds this coconut. She weeps from joy. She borrows Matt's machete to, you know, open it and eat it. And, you know, the producers ask him like, oh, are you mad that she used your tool to like eat a coconut? And he's like, no, No. (laughs) (laughs) like, what? no. So she apologizes to him. He forgives her, they hug, and he keeps hanging out in the shade, and he's good, he's fine. And then an hour later, Matt finds Honora lying, like, unconscious out in the sun. He calls for a medic to help. They start an IV. Shit. And they take her to a hospital. They they give her nutrients like potassium and magnesium to, yeah. to help yeah. her get better. And then it says three hours later, she's released from the hospital, which yeah. seems like a really short amount of time. It does, but she might have just been severely dehydrated yeah. hit her with an IV and those electrolytes. Yeah. Right. So then, you know, Matt is still there. Yeah. And he does the rest of the go by himself. He says it's it's more boring without someone else there, and he, he actually kind of misses her. Yeah. So, obviously, like, there's no bad blood between them. Right. It's a really hard scenario to be in, and he seems to understand that she's just really hungry, and, you know, this whole situation just, just fucking fucked. sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. They're in the desert. Yep. Like, or the so dunes, rather. He he survives, obviously (laughs) he gets a little goofy he starts saying stuff like you know you see him in the camera he goes day 72 i have learned to speak the language of spiders Ah. yeah day 182 i no longer remember my human name blah 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 you know he's he's getting silly he's having fun with it yeah and then the producers tell him that he has to take like a three mile hike over the dunes and then wade three miles down river to a helicopter zone in order to be extracted. I like fucking you have Jesus a helicopter. Christ. Can you just, you know, get this man a nice warm meal? Hasn't he been and, through enough? Yeah, get him a nice shower. Now do they have a camera crew with them? Yes. So the whole time they're watching these people that are like fully clothed and eating food and shit. Yeah. Fuck that. I know. It's Fuck really uncomfortable that. to think about. Yeah. Because that's what I thought when I saw the episode. I'm like, how are they just like watching her sobbing and in pain? Yeah, dude. And just recording it. Dude. Ooh. No, 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 no. So, you know, Matt gets extracted. He brings Anora's magnifying glass back to her and she's so happy for it. And, you know... Ah, la, 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 la. Yeah, blah, happy blah, blah, ending. After happy all. ending. He lost 28 pounds. PSR rose from 7.1 to 7.7. Thank Shut God for that. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Holy shit. I know, it really matters. What? what? Yeah. From 7. Point what to 7.7? 7.1 7.7. 7.7. Like, give this man a 10. I want a breakdown. He survived. Give him a 10. All fucking 0.6 of those points. Yeah. And Anora's PSR fell from 7.6 to 7.2. What? Wait a minute. Hold on. I don't understand this rating system at all. I'm, I beg you to make it make sense for me. I can't. Yeah. Lose a lot more for you. I mean, I think if there was any rating system worth its salt, if you if you had to go t- get taken to the hospital, if you would have died in the desert without intervention, you should lose at least a full point. Probably, you, you know, would think. You would think. All right. So now we're gonna go through what actually went down in Brazil. Yeah. So how, yeah. Just uh, what like percentage of what we just talked about is it all true? I mean, here's the thing. They 
they can't really show what doesn't happen or right. what you didn't say, right, but right. they can put it out of order. They can cut stuff out and right. they can manipulate the viewer into feeling certain ways. Yeah. So a lot of the events that we saw. Well, hold on, hold on. So like my perception as the viewer at this point, or as the hearing the story for the first time just now, my perception, if, if like taking all of that as it is, is that like, she's a bitch, she's a bitch. She's a dumb hippie. That believes in all sorts of stupid nonsense. I, mean, I might believe in something that too. That's neither here nor there. And she just couldn't hang. Yeah. And, uh, and oh, how like how stupid of her to bring the magnifying glass instead of like a water purifier or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I right? mean, I actually thought the magnifying glass was kind of a good pick. Okay. Wouldn't have been mine. But, but a lot of other people have um, very strong opinions. I thought it was about unique. I was surprised, yes. and I liked the surprise. Mm-hmm. And how about the stuff with her, her dad, who like just recently passed away? I mean, it's, it's a little it's cheap. Yeah, it felt weird yeah. to me when I watched it. It felt like I don't know. Feels felt, shoehorned in. And... Yeah, it felt definitely like the producers, because uh, the episode both opens and closes with her talking about her dad. Oh God! Uh, I One know. Of those. I know, and I'm like, why'd they do that? That's so weird of them to do. They always have to find that fucking ham-fisted emotional string to jiggle. Definitely. So obviously after that episode, a lot of people saw it and a lot of people thought that she was really, really mean. You know, they really didn't like how she treated Matt because Matt's, you know, like a cool, chill guy. And he didn't deserve to be called fat and stinky, even if he was. He's just hanging out in the shade like fucking Baloo the bear. Yeah. I mean, he kind of... He had the right idea, just chilling and not doing anything. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the fact that Honora had never seen the show. Okay. She actually didn't watch or even own a television. Okay. She was living in her truck at the time with her service dog and kind of just traveling around. Um, so basically huh. homeless. Yeah, yeah. While doing full-time school online, working on that degree in theater. So she was doing right, right. it all on her laptop. Okay. The casting director actually approached her with the offer to be on the show. Uh, where'd they find her? Probably just like she must have had an Instagram where she, yeah, okay. you know, posts her uh, rock climbing pictures yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, you know. She's like, lest we forget. Uh, this person has done a lot of like really badass things. This is true, yeah. but you kind of forget that because on the show she's kind of portrayed as a, like a bit inept and like bimbo you know. who can't hang. Right. Okay. Before she went on the show, she's living this transient lifestyle. The casting director approaches her and she says, "Sure," but. <laughs> We're going back in time. All so, right. <laughs> when she was 17, Honora was offered a full scholarship for the University of Vermont um, for a theater and opera, but she turned it down because she was unable to afford the cost of living expenses without any financial support. Wise decision. Yeah. And as a child, she had modeled for an agency in New York, participated in plays and musicals. She, she talks about on her blog, like she went to a private school when she was younger and how she also lived in Bedford Hills. So, you know, that raises up my little ding 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 like you yeah money. she definitely um, definitely came from a bit of bit of money in her background mm-hmm. but we'll see how that becomes like irrelevant right, right. <laughs> obviously later in life she became professional nude rock climbing model as i mentioned she's also in music videos an episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia i don't know which episode yeah she also did live theater so she's not a stranger to the world of acting like she yeah. does this outdoorsy stuff but she also she also is, loves entertainment yeah so i think she viewed her role on the show as kind of like an acting gig right right, right right like oh i'll do this for you know 
what is it, like $6,000 or whatever. She said in total, she returned to the show a second time for Naked and Afraid XL, actually. Huh. So in total, but she only made about 14000 from her appearances. Wow. So that's not very it's much. not a lot. And she thought it was like, you know, an acting gig. And plus, she's already driving around in her truck and like hanging out outdoors and hiking. So she figures this isn't too different from my normal life anyway. Right, right. And they don't know where they're going to be dropped off. It's a mystery to them until they get there. Holy shit, yeah. So, and by the time she was contacted by Discovery, she'd been studying plant medicine for over a decade. So she probably feels like, you know, I'm a jack of all trades. I know about plants and stuff. I could yeah. probably, you know, do at, this. And... At this point, she probably rightfully considers herself to be like fairly experienced in this, this oh, type yeah. thing. So 10 days after the casting director contacts her, she gets flown to Burbank and she's kept in a hotel to do a series of interviews and psychological testing. She's instructed not to leave her hotel room unless accompanied by a member of the show's staff. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> they take her to a hole-in-the-wall doctor's clinic off-site. They told her that she was the only participant brought off-site. I don't really know what to make of that. Me neither. That's weird. She was also told that no other participant had made it to Burbank so quickly. Usually it took people months, even up to six months, to, you know, respond to the... Huh. Yeah. So although the clinic had a main entrance, she was actually guided through a back door where she would be examined in a tiny office covered in thank you photos signed by a slew of the most famous celebrities in the world. Dude, what the fuck? I I don't know what to make of that either. I don't like it. It's weird. That's weird. A lot of red flags. Yeah. So she signs a contract agreeing that the show has permission for, quote, eternity to use footage from the show in any way they wished. Eternity, Yes. And this, I think... And I think she probably knows this, too, is where should have backed out. Yep. (laughs) Where most people should back out. Yeah. Because these contracts are fucked up. And us as, like, laymen don't have a broad understanding of our individual rights. So, like, you can really shoot yourself in the foot with that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, she was informed that her white blood cell count was extremely high, so her departure would then be delayed. She has both Lyme disease and psoriasis, which can cause high white blood cell counts. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so now that her flight's been delayed, she started working to lower her white blood cells by eating organically, swimming, exercising, blah, blah, blah. She quit alcohol, gave up smoking spliffs, which she enjoyed on occasion. Um, Lips are great. Yep. And this did gradually lower it enough for her to be able to participate. In the meantime, apparently another woman was sent in Honora's place who, upon meeting Matt, quote, turned around without filming. Whoa. Like, I I want to hear from Matt. Like, did... What happened there? That's yeah, so for rude. Real. Like, poor Matt. Does he's he a actually nice just kind of smell bad? He must smell like fucking shit. I'm sorry, like, Matt. But... I'm sorry, but. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, by the time she was cleared to go to Brazil by the doctor, the initial shoot time for the episode had been delayed by weeks, if not over a month. I wonder, did Matt stay down there for that time, or he must have come back and then gone back if it yeah. took that long? Yeah. Finally. She was cleared to go and given a bottle of Malarone, an anti-malaria medication, and told to start taking it two days before flying to Brazil. So you ever hear of Malarone? No. Well, it can cause some pretty fucked up side effects. Oh, I've definitely heard that um, the anti-malaria treatments can can do some fucked up things. Especially, um, you know, if you are, you know, in the middle of 
nowhere, quote unquote nowhere, starving. And these are medications that, you know, would be better if taken, you know, with some yogurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and know? they just like, they just gave it to her and then like right away. Yeah. So okay. I have a tab open. Here's some um, reviews for Malrone. Okay. This person says that their trip was overruled by dizziness, vertigo, insomnia, lack of appetite, general feeling of unwellness. Um, she quit taking. Jesus. She quit taking it on day five in order to be fully aware of herself and surroundings. Wow. No, Someone else fuck. says um, severe abdominal cramps. The drug delayed her period. She was meant to take 33 tablets, but stopped after five days as the pain was unbearable. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Of course, wow. some people don't have these reactions but a but lot of possible. people do yeah and i've definitely um, heard that antimalarials will fuck you up yeah also the dose if you're smaller in size yeah, uh yeah. the dosage is really important and if you're oh, on yeah. too high of a dose that can like mess you up and yeah. keep in mind she was losing a lot of weight really right, fast while right. there and she was already quite slim and she also just like she just quit she just, drinking she just worked out a whole bunch yeah you know wow Okay. So she's already probably, you know, like on the skinny side, on the fast metabolism side, which yeah. is not what you want to have when you're starving. No. This I'd person be says, after taking the second pill, I developed raised red welts on my neck, shoulders, upper chest. Uh, so basically, have you ever heard of Steven Johnson syndrome? It's no. like it, it can be lethal. It's something that you can develop as like an adverse reaction to medication. Okay. Yes. Another person says, scariest drug reaction I ever had. So basically, Malarone can fuck you up. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Then, on the flight, she got head lice. Oh, no. Just two days before starting the show. What the fuck? I know. Like everything in the universe is like trying to tell her, don't do this, turn around. Yeah, like, for real, dude. You know? And also, like, if all that shit happened to me, I would be the most miserable son of a bitch you have ever met i would be yeah. the worst person in the world yeah, to deal with no kidding. like yeah no i would be the biggest piece of shit on the planet if i was in that condition right so she gets fucking head lice she's given some shampoo to take care of it and she shaves all her body hair from the neck down thinking like okay this should this should get rid of it this should everything should be fine now yeah Hopefully. Uh, her and Matt are instructed to bring four survival items to the show. So he brings four knives. She brings three knives and one water filter. Interesting. Well, <laughs> until the producers swiped her water filter and gave her a magnifying glass in its place. Are you serious? I am serious. So she says, production decided against the filter and asked us each if we'd be willing to bring a fire starter. She agreed and said that her father had recommended a magnifying glass before he passed away. The producers loved this concept as well as the potential storyline they could then follow. God. So they sent a production assistant to town to find a magnifying glass. The PA returned with one as well as a flint on a keychain and she was told to pick one. So like you got a little keychain flint and a magnifying glass. What are you going to pick? Keychain flints are useful though. Yeah. You need a knife, but... Well, she picked the magnifying glass. I mean, it's not not it's not it's the worst. No, but she didn't want to. Right. You know, yeah, that wasn't, was like... She didn't originally bring that at all. Yeah. Like, she got fucking cajoled into, into a magnifying like glass. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Okay. So she says she felt like they had kind of a set persona for her right off the bat, and yeah. that there was a lot of hypocrisy going on. Yeah, yeah. So they try to make it seem like this place is super isolated, right. but actually there's a village just a couple of miles over the sand dunes. Driving right, right. there, it would take about half an hour, but, you know, if you just walked over the dunes, it's not not very far.
far away right, at right. all. So they they actually would play music at night sometimes. Uh-huh. Like so she would hear like these beats throughout the night. Yeah, and yeah. she said, You'd think that would be cool, but no. you know, it's just fucking annoying. Yeah. Especially when you're like being eaten to death by sand flies and yeah, it's cold man. and windy and uh, yeah, and you know, like you're 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 in this fucking hellhole, but you know the people that were just filming you are like fucking dancing at that bar. Yeah, down totally. The road. Like, so, yep. so that's going on, and uh, she also discovers the first night there that her partner Matt was taking amphetamines. Ah, he had managed to get a Adderall prescription right before going there, and this is all Anora's words. So take it for what you will. You could believe it or not. Yeah, but she, like, I'm, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt that this is well, an hearing, accurate retelling. We're hearing the other side of the story. Yes. We don't know Matt's side of the story, but like, we'll just you know take it un- unbiased. This is a uh, primary source. And you know, if I was going on a starvation-based show, I would try to get my hands on some fucking stimmies too. Absolutely. Like <laughs> that'll he. She said he was administered it twice a day. So, like, he's probably pretty good. He also had, you know, quite a bit of body fat on him. So yeah. that plus the stimmies, he's probably, you know, quite good to go as long as he's hydrated. I mean, you know, I, I take it Adderall twice a day. And mostly mm-hmm. at this point, it just stops me from, like, killing myself in a stupid yeah. accident. You know. Well, apparently he didn't actually have ADHD because he had gotten this right before filming for the purpose of filming. Right, no. So when he took it, she said that... Um, he became really annoying Oh, because yeah. she actually has ADHD oh. and, you know, she knows that it has the adverse effect on people that, you know. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. He's not he's not someone with ADHD that needs his medication to survive yeah. in the desert. He's just a dude on amphetamines. So she said that <laughs> he would just sit in the shade and talk excessively with the crew members. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's the right survival strategy, honestly. I know. (laughs) So, like, he's on amphetamines and just, like, chilling and talking a mile a minute. And she's on Malarone. Oh, God. Like, dealing with the side effects of that. Like, UTIs. She got a bladder infection on day two. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Malarone also causes increased sun sensitivity. Oh. Like, nausea. Hallucinations. Intense emotions, by the way. Jesus fuck. Um, Emotions that are probably amplified by the producers constantly asking her to talk about her dead dad over and over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) One of the producers actually told her, you don't need the Malarone. No one else is taking it. You could stop taking it if you want. But if you stop taking it, you need to say into the camera, I am choosing by my own choice to stop taking Malarone because. Huh. Well, she thought that that was weird. Um, she wondered why she was told to take it and her partner wasn't. She right. wondered how it would affect her if she stopped taking it. Right. So she asked, you know, uh, could I stop taking it if I don't have to, you know, say all of that into the camera? Yeah, And yeah. they said no. Huh. So, wow. Yeah, I guess they, they, you have to say that to fucking, you know, remove all liabilities yeah. from them, the legal stuff. That's I so just, fucking it's weird, It's weird though. that it's Matt wasn't weird. taking it. Yeah, absolutely. You wonder if that was, like, done on purpose, if that was right? part of the fucking... Especially because they do these psychological profiles on people to really, like, I don't know, kind of... They, they could totally manipulate a person yeah, I mean, into being, you know... You quoted that Australian woman uh, earlier, and, mm-hmm. like... That's just one fucking psychopath uh, reality show producer. Like, yeah. they are literally, like, they're mad scientists just, like, pulling the fucking levers on, on people. Like, I, I totally believe. I mean, totally. the camera people have to be fucking psychopaths to be filming yeah. them. Like, Yeah. So, 
her and Matt spent several hours building their shelter together, but all the footage of her building it was obviously cut out just to show Matt doing it to make it look like right. he did it all himself. He's just talking about UFOs to the camera guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she says, like, you know, for days we were working on perfecting our shelter. She would spend, like, an hour using her legs to flatten out the floor while he rested. And, you know, they both rested. They both took time off of building it to allow each other to rest. Yeah, yeah. But they both did it. The show makes it look very much like Matt did it did all everything, himself. and she just whined yeah. and complained and floundered about in the sun yep. for no damn reason. On a daily basis, the contestants are also asked to conduct on-the-fly interviews, so they would have to trudge up and over a sand dune every time so that they could be away from the earshot of their partner. Yeah, yeah. And she says every time she was interviewed, she was asked questions about her father. She was asked Jesus. very pointed and personal questions. She was also told that every time she referred to the magnifying glass to repeat what she had just said and refer to it as her dad's magnifying glass. For sake. Are you kidding? me i'm not god damn it yeah i hate that I, uh. so she actually agreed to this because she figured well i've studied theater like right i'm you know i'm just doing this role but after some time and especially because she's literally starving right. like it's not a normal acting role where like she's actually you know eating and she's fine and this is all pretend like yeah yeah no she's actually going through this this was unnerving yeah. Like, especially because it was recent and, like, she's in the process of mourning and these people are just exploiting the death of her parent for uh, a plot line. Like, also a very raggedy plot line that is immediately, like, perceptible to the viewers that, like, oh, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> and, and I imagine, like, it's in some ways she's thinking of it as cheapening her real relationship with her dad by, like, totally. inventing this fucking magnifying glass bullshit and, like... Wow. Yeah. So because um, also her arrival there was delayed for so long, a lot of the berry bushes were now unripe. Most mm. of the coconuts and fruit in the area had been foraged by the locals, leaving right, not right. very much for them. Right, right. You know, sucks. And there would also be locals um, like playing soccer nearby and stuff, God which was interesting. <laughs> like Honora said that at one point she like ran into them while she was nude. She had constructed these like straw, um, the straw shirt for herself and hat she ran into them obviously that must have been <laughs> weird. weird the locust that matt gave her she'd actually been hunting for locusts for days and this one fell on a cameraman who then gave it to matt oh, wow. to give to her jesus yeah and this cameraman was also constantly like feeding them ideas to make things more interesting yeah she says on day eight the producer had said several times i should confront my partner she was upset about the fact that he was being given Adderall, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But also the fact that, like, you know, she felt like there was an imbalance in how much he was doing and how much she was doing because she was struggling harder than him. Well, because they were trying to create, the, like, they were trying to create a character for her, right? But yeah. They were also they need trying to. to create a character for Matt. Yes. And they were making him the chill guy oh, yeah. by making him chill, by, let, you know, getting him drugs, by letting him hang out and like, totally. and shit. Yeah, like they yeah, were creating yeah. that chill vibe kind mm -hmm. of guy, right? That's so fucked up. Yeah. So like, also, um, like Matt was eating this cactus and stuff. And what they don't show is Honora actually like testing out the cactus to make sure it wasn't poisonous for both of them to eat. Right. Because that's her really specialty. Yeah. So it's they not like he was just eating it and she was walking around like, where's the food? I'm too stupid. Like, right. no, they were both eating the cactus. And in fact, she was the one that tested it. Good Christ. Yeah. 
So, you know, this cameraman is like, confront him, confront him. Like, you know, and plus they're pulling them away to do these interviews where probably the only questions they're asking are like, so what's your partner doing to piss you off? Right, right. Like, yeah. So that resulted in a long conversation. They both said some horrible things to each other. Blah, blah, blah. He called her name. She called his names, him names. But they kind of made it look like she just attacked him for like no fucking reason. Yeah. Like... You know, they've both got heads full of chemicals that are making them uh, unstable. Totally. And uh, yeah, wow. And that scene where, you know, she calls him stinky, whatever, that's right before a commercial break. So the commercial break happens and then they come back and they replay her whole spiel over again just to like double up it in people's minds. So like, look how mean she is. Look how mean she is. That's the keynote of the fucking act of the episode. So after that happens, the producer was like so happy and tells her on a daily basis like oh my god loved that great work discovery's gonna love it it's definitely gonna be in the episode so he convinced her to get into an argument and then reminded her daily like great work on that argument wow almost kind of like i don't know like rewarding the drama in a bit of a way absolutely that's absolutely what they're doing so she said that she felt really used after that yeah yeah and she was also really hungry this is about like a week into it so she says that she had a dream about finding a bird's nest with three eggs none of this makes it into the show but this is pretty dark (laughs) she goes and she hears these birds chirping and she finds a nest in a tree coming out out of the lagoon so she climbs the tree there's a nest with three baby blackbirds in it one crawls out but there's two of them stay so like a wild animal she uses a small stick and her fingers to snap the necks of the two birds all where well their mom was behind her flapping her wings in midair and squawking wow um she said it's the most horrifying thing she's ever done she wanted to die she hated killing these things without a knife but knew that she wow. needed the calories because like when you don't eat for long enough your brain tissue starts like eating itself yeah <laughs> unfortunately these babies baby birds would not completely die. Oh my God. Um, which was heartbreaking to her. So she brings them, uh, back to camp and tries to drown them. Oh God. And feels really guilty that their death isn't hatchet. quick. Use the hatchet. The machete. (laughs) Yeah. Finally, they die, and the cameraman stops filming Matt trying to give himself a tattoo with charcoal. (laughs) Like, why didn't that make the cut? And comes over to Honora as she's cleaning the little birds with her bare hands. She says they look like two little mini chickens. She skewers them on a stick and tries to use the magnifying glass to cook them, thinking, like, that was terrible what I just did, but I really need this food. So she is going, like, she's delirious right now yes like she's completely she's like, delirious she's really not okay yeah. I, anything that she said that was mean is just like null and void i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> because of the circumstances um so she skewers them tries to cook them but uh, the sun goes down at 6 p.m and when she got the birds it was well past 4 p.m so they only cured about halfway and the inside was still raw so she tries to start a fire but the wind is going too strong the sun is setting yeah and a fire you know they have to dig a hole and do the fire because right, otherwise right, right. it's like too windy but the sand was wet from rain 
Right. Yeah. So she tore apart her palm leaf shirt for kindling and kept trying to make this fire happen over and over again. Well, there's cameras on her watching her try to do this and she just can't get the fire to start. Um, Most frustrating feeling in the world. Which means that like this has all been for nothing. Yeah. Like all of that. Like... God. Yeah. So she wraps the birds and tries to bury them in the sand to like, you know, maybe save the meat through fermentation and then, you know, cook it the next day. But the next day they were rotten. Yeah. yeah. So wow. That's, that's just, that's like, just horrible. That's that, just gut-wrenching. That in and of itself is like, whoa, we yeah, didn't get dude. to see any of that, huh? Nope. No, because that might have made us um, sympathize with her. Yeah, it's also really gross. They've showed, like, worse things on the show, though. There was one dude, like, biting the head off of, like, a fucking bird or something. Right, but I bet— I've seen them bite heads off. But I bet they kind of made him look like he was just doing what he had to do and not like, oh, this is a moment of desperation. Totally. That we might, like, all get to, like— yeah. Fucking yeah. pieces of shit. I hate I hate these people. So she people she so uses much. the birds as bait in a fish trap that she wove. Obviously they never show that either. Right. Like she's they you know weaving weaving traps and stuff and trying you know, so she's doing a lot. She to still try. tries to use the birds. Yeah. Like she is doing a lot. She's doing also survival tactics that yeah. We, we don't get to see any actual survival stuff on the show at all. It's just drama. Like, right. I would like to actually learn, like, what are they eating? How are right, they right, surviving? Right, right. How do they build their shelter? But no, it's no, just, it's just drama. The drama. God. Yeah. After that, she starts going to the lagoon to look for food every day. Um, you know, she was a long distance swimmer. She is a long distance swimmer. So she likes to move through the water and finds that easy. Of course, like her muscles are starting to break down. So walking through the sand is probably uh, a bitch. Probably fucking sucks. Like walking through the sand sucks anyway. Sand sucks. Yeah. It's the devil's substrate. So she says she finds five coconuts total during her time in Brazil. The first two found on the same day after basically being told where they were by a producer. Later on, she said she saw members of the crew with like wet shorts. So she kind of feels like they just planted them there. Right, right. Which, I mean, maybe you could have planted more food. Yeah, right. (laughs) If you're going to plant food, like maybe... Maybe a little bit more than that. The first two coconuts that she finds, and this is, you know, after her argument, she shares them with Matt. So it's not like even though they're quote unquote divorced, like they're still sharing, they're still working together. Yeah, Yeah, they got into an argument, but like they got over it. And the apology that we see in the episode is, you know, like after they had already, you know, made up off screen. I mean, she says herself, they deliberately omitted every bit of actual survival related footage in exchange for creating a fake storyline based around drama that's insane they also like she made charcoal and started putting it between her teeth to like sip water that hadn't been treated so that way like she could still drink so we never see that we just kind of assume like yeah yeah she's yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. so yeah they like don't show anything that she does to actually you know survive they just show her calling him stinky the producer also told her several times that she had done more than any other female had ever done on the show so when after about two weeks she started to say a bunch of times like I gotta tap out he told her that if she consciously tapped out that the story would be completely altered and she would be quote that toad story that toad story meaning meaning like like we'll just make you an ugly toad I guess so I've never heard that phrase before but apparently other people have I like asked my boyfriend what the fuck does that mean is that a phrase a toad story (laughs) 
I don't know what the toad story means, but she she got it, I guess. Word. <laughs> so what? Yeah, what she got um, is the toad story. Yeah. What? Well, uh, we'll make you into an ugly toad. I, I guess. guess. Yeah. I can't fathom what that means, <laughs> but it sounds. Uh, Sounds not nice. Yeah, like, like mm. so the main reason that she wanted to tap out, uh, she had actually started to lose control of her bladder. Oh, which, that's not good. Um, yeah, she said everything made me so pissed, and then I wrote pissed off and pissed on. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sorry, Nora. Yeah, you can't be staying there and doing that. No, your your body's breaking down. Like Why your shit's getting didn't up. No. they? They should have made her leave. Yes. Like it shouldn't, she shouldn't have been begging to leave. They should no. have been like, oh, this isn't okay. We need to get her out of here and no. get her, you know, to a hospital. The, the fact that they coerced her into staying is fucking evil. That's straight up. Yeah. Straight up evil. So like she would drink water and then sort of just like pee straight into the sand. Like That's she couldn't. Good. Yeah. She was like incontinent at that point, which means oh. that like her kidneys her must be. Down. Yeah. Her whole body is breaking down. And at this point in the story is when the producer would let her redeem herself by making a televised apology to Matt. So that's the scene oh that we God. see in the show where she apologizes to him. Oh, my like, fucking God. <laughs> yeah. And he says, like, you know, I know you really want to go home, but you looked like a real bitch in that argument. So you're going to have to redeem yourself and apologize to Matt. And we'll, we'll do that. We'll film it. But we have to wait until tomorrow when the lighting is good. So you, can you just make it another day? Wow. <laughs> yeah. One more day, I guess. And it's not like she can just fucking up and leave either. Like, they have all of her stuff. She's, you right, know. Right, right. She is at, at she their mercy. Go? Yeah. What? Mm. Unless she, like, walked up to a bunch of soccer players and was like, please <laughs> take yeah, me right? with you. I can't, you know. Certain point, I might have done that. I'm going right? to the bar. Like, just, Seriously. Just I'm going to go playing. where that music is yeah. and, like, go get myself a drink. Her and Matt have their own apology makeup session without right, the right. cameras there. They're fine. They film their apology on day 16, and she goes searching for coconuts uh, to no avail. She returns. The crew left for their lunch break, and she thinks to herself, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I really, really need to get the yeah, fuck out of here. It's, it's time. How rude that the show says it's day 15 instead of 16. Like, you couldn't give her one more day. That's fucked up. Like, you're just going to, you know, I don't know. It's just like an extra kick while you're down. No, that's the worst thing I've heard so far. Like, it's just the complete and total <laughs> callous disregard. We're just going to, you know, we're going to oh. make people think you left even a day sooner. You know, I just think that's really mean. That's fucked. That's, I don't didn't know. Need that's to the do weirdest that. part, too. Yeah. It's like, to make it seem like she left sooner than she did. Do you think it's just because 15 is a better number? Like, that's, like, it's a five? Yeah. One of those? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Beats me. So, they leave for their lunch break. She's like, oh, my God. I need to get out of here. I don't think I can make it a, a few more days. My body's shutting down. She said her muscles were so cramped. It would take her like an hour to move from laying down to sitting up or standing. What the fuck? And then she would get, you know, really dizzy. The only place that she didn't hurt was when in the water. Right. So she would suspend herself in water. And while they were gone, she walked to a spot in the dunes to lay down. She actually let herself fall down and <laughs> just like, okay, 
is someone watching me? Okay, I'm going to pass out now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she falls down and waits there for half an hour, but like apparently nobody saw her and she's like, fuck. So she what? gets up and walks a little bit like closer to the camp and falls down again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now Matt sees her, comes over, and Matt's like, you know, call medic, blah, blah, blah. And now she she's pretending to be passed yeah, out. Yeah. Of course, I'm sure like it must feel fantastic to just let yourself and like she almost she pretty much had to pretend to be dead in order to get out of yeah. there because they weren't listening to her so she what had to fuck? kind of just like i don't know she had i to see i see that it as very symbolic yeah like, okay i'm just uh, i'm i have no more alive to present to you people yeah i just i i, I just gotta be dead i now. give it all up yep given up take it all you fucking jackals yeah so she lets her body go limp uh, they'd been checking her blood sugar at least once a day, and it was wavering around 40-60, which is incredibly low. She was pretty close to going into a coma, like, for Jesus real. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, being limp and playing dead, she says, felt amazing. <laughs> oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, Holy they... Shit. They ride to the hospital over the dunes, through the jungle, over the ferry, through the village. And, of course, this whole time they're focused on getting the right shots. Of she's, course, yeah. She's pretending to be, you know, totally unconscious, but right. she still knows what's happening around right. her. Right, like, so they're, they're still they focused think on, she's a totally unconscious and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just worried about the shots. Uh-huh. So um, the producer, of course, asks, like, oh, is the camera rolling? And then he says, like, Holy shit. oh, I think I lost a piece of my soul today. Huh. Um, and, you know, the producer tells the camera guy what a great job he's doing. She also says that someone kept pinching one of her nipples. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. The producer, Mr. Piece yeah. of shit. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. So here's what's interesting reads this post at one point and contacts Honora to say, because um, she doesn't identify him as the one pinching her nipples right. in this post. She just says someone. So she doesn't know at the point of writing this. And her eyes he, are closed. So she, yeah. yeah, I guess. So he contacts her and says, that was me. What the um, fuck? By the way, like I was pinching your side, the fleshy part that like hurts when you pinch it. I was trying to see if you were actually if you were like unconscious and you totally were you weren't responding at all okay um if she was really unconscious how the fuck did she know that you pinched her at all yeah yeah like yeah. right yeah. and you know what your nipple feels like you know what your nipple feels <laughs> you, like you can't mistake that no so yeah that's another thing Dude, that's uh, that's really that's fucked so up. gross it's really 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 gross oh i'm angry you yeah. get me all angry. I know. I, right after I'm her little go... stinky rant, it's like, okay, we can forgive it. After all they did to her, like, Hot shit. It. The show says that she walks out of the hospital three hours later. Right. That's simply not possible because by the time she, like, went to the hospital, because it was, like, their lunch break on set when she did her whole pass out, take me home yep, yep. thing. So let's assume that's around 1230, 1 p.m. Oh, reasonable. Let's assume they don't find her until like 1.30 because she says she laid there for like half an hour. Right. Um, let's assume through over the dunes and through the ferry, whatever, it takes like an hour and a half to get to the hospital or uh, an okay. hour. Let's say 2.30. Yeah. Three hours later, according to the show, that would be around 5.30. The sun's going down. Yep. It's noticeably darker out by 5.30 yep. where they are. So... 
how come she's exiting three hours later with the full sun up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And not possible. She was actually there overnight. Huh. But they made it seem like, you know, oh, she just they needed made it seem a, like it was no big deal at all. Yeah. She just needed, you know, so, an IV and some supplements and now she's good where wow. no, she was like there overnight. She was treated overnight because her organs were failing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So she had a full night of glucose, saline IVs, two pints of beef stew. Thank God. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that what you fucking need. Some of the best food she ever ate. And then she spent the next several days in the hotel waiting for Matt to get out. She said she, she was eating cookies, doing diary cameras. You know, she felt kind of guilty that he was still there, but also like relieved to be out of there. Yeah, definitely. Um, he could barely walk when he made it out. No shit. Of course he was, you know, going off of um, amphetamines and like <laughs> a, a month long amphetamine and cactus yeah. binge. <laughs> so, so yeah, that that's what actually happened. That's fucking crazy. I think so. I think that's so. insane. And it's like, so what does it matter if you know people say? Um, well, she actually said those things, and those things were really, really mean. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> and <laughs> Who, you know, no, that this is like the best example of context matters. Context Holy shit. fucking matters. So, you know, of course, after all of this, what does Anora do? She goes back to do the XL show. Okay, I forgot about that. Why? Why <laughs> yeah. the fuck does she do that? Okay. It so, kind of makes a lot of things suspect that she did do that. It would seem that way. Yes. Yeah. After her episode aired, she was really upset about how she was portrayed. She was getting all sorts of death threats. She went off on social media to like tell people what really happened. Discovery retaliated by not allowing her to do the scheduled Facebook Live Q&A. And they also, of course, like threatened her with lawyers, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. They did a Bears All episode where they used um, footage of her that they didn't show in the episode of her like in the shower using the lice shampoo and talking about... Um, lice not but, not her like uh you know actual survival uh tactics and, and yeah shit though, right? well in this bears all episode um like they edited it to make it seem like she had pubic lice or pubic bugs because oh my God. the producer specifically asked her like why she shaved her pubic hair. So they had like, you know, a little clip of her talking about that. And like, so she, at that point after seeing that and realizing like discovery doesn't give a fuck, they they'll just, fuck. um, she realized that there was nothing that she could do to defend herself. She signed the contract and discovery could pretty much, keep using it however they wanted to. Um, wow. And she felt like, you know, if they were threatened by her, they would probably just keep sabotaging her. And terrified, she actually wrote them an apology letter. Oh, what? Kind of hoping, like, maybe if I make nice with them, this will stop. Oh, my God. So after she apologized oh uh, for speaking out on social media, she said she hoped there was a way that we could all save face. And she even thanked them for the experience in Brazil. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, I know. So within a day or two, she received a request from the production company to partake in the XL episode. Um, her first reaction to that was. I think Discovery might be trying to kill me. <laughs> um, that's yep. That's probably what I would think. They were offering her twenty three thousand five hundred dollars, oh. 
And as someone who, she says, as someone who lives at poverty level much of the time. Right, she's not a TV star. This is a difficult offer to say no to. Yeah, Yeah. she's like living out of her car. Yeah, dude. Like, it's not that much time. Like, she kind of knows their tricks now. Yeah, it's only, like, XL is 40 days. So she figured 40 days, $2,300 or $23,000. I won't like, take the malaria meds this time. Yeah. So. Find my now, own shady doctor. Right. She'll, she'll gain weight this time. Right. You know, blah, blah, blah. She yeah. figured, okay. I can understand. I already know their tricks. They're offering me a ton of money. It's only 40 days. Maybe I'll get redeemed too. Maybe this can be my redemption arc. Maybe I'll beat them at their own game and yeah. get their, take their fucking money to boot. Like, I, I can understand it. So she detoxes. She gains weight, <laughs> sleeps a lot, you know, works a lot, saves a bunch of money for rent while she's gone and also gets a dog sitter (laughs) she had dyed her hair red to keep people from recognizing her in real life oh wow so now she has to get rid of the red dye again she goes to columbia with the doctor's note saying um salt and electrolytes yeah yeah since her experience in brazil she's had ongoing kidney problems by the way so that's something to think about jesus christ the producer's came into her hotel room a couple of days before starting the show. The XL is in Columbia, by the way. And they tell her that they can't honor the prescription for salt and electrolytes. I'm I'm sorry? Yeah, they say that, yes, we all know that your partner in Brazil bypassed the system with his amphetamines. That's why they edited her episode the way they did, they said. (laughs) And they said that her prescription would be equally unfair to the other contestants. Like, oh, did you think... Matt's prescription was unfair. Well, what? so is yours. Like, not the same thing. Salt and electrolytes. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So they gave her the option to go home or to do the show without her doctor's prescription, which scared her for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. She said, I could not go home empty handed. <laughs> If for any reason other than I literally would not be able to pay rent if I did not try to make some money on the show, I had already been taken off my work schedule. So on day one in Columbia, she's informed that one of the other contestants is allowed to take B vitamins specifically to help as a mosquito repellent and as a substitute for malarone. So... By the way, Malarone again had been given to Honora. <laughs> really? Um, and some, but not all of the other contestants. What the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah. They're trying part, to kill her. Part two of the Malarone, which um, is contraindicated for people with kidney problems. Mm-hmm. And she had kidney problems. What the fuck? She also discovered that her third partner, this asshole named Chris, who is just like, he's... From what I've read about him and from what I saw on the show, and I know that's hypocritical to this whole episode, but he, <laughs> <laughs> he was a dick on the show. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, in Colombia, Honora's actions were not, did not smell like roses either. Yeah. So Chris has a like a homemade tincture that has like fish oil and mosquito repelling herbs in it and blah, blah, blah. And this he's allowed to take at will and has with him like, but you can't give Miss Honora some salt and electrolytes. Potassium and magnesium. Like, Potassium, magnesium. The most like common minerals on the fucking planet. Yeah. She also mentions that this time in their like dry bag that they keep, you know, off to the side with their pills and everything, there's condoms in it this time. Like, what is the, uh, she had no interest in yeah. fucking her two like cast members. Yeah, yeah. Jesus um, Christ. So 
On day one, right before she's dropped off, and they're blindfolded, by the way, when they're, like, driven to their location, um, the producer in the Jeep tells her, like, I'm really sorry. Discovery decided against your fire starter. They said that we have to give you a bow drill instead. So she had a ferrocerium and magnesium flint, which is not very high tech, but they said, yeah, oh, I have, too- I have one of those. Yeah, it's too high tech, so we're going to give you a bow Good drill God. instead. Um, this is, by the way, while she's blindfolded and right about to be dropped off and they've already like cleared with her that the stuff she's bringing is okay and now they're saying last minute like oh nope we're gonna take that and give you this this is psychotic this is uh, i'm so so pissed about this so this this is the second time that the producers have you know taken away her thing and given her another thing and she probably just i mean just oh makes me mad yep (laughs) she also should have fucking known yeah, she should not have gone back. Shouldn't nope. have gone to begin with, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulds uh, can't give us a time machine. So, alas. That's true. That's why I think this story is important as, you know, think twice before going on reality <laughs> TV. Some producer walks up to you, kick him in the nuts. Yeah, so she didn't last too long in um columbia i think she was there about six days oh wow on day four like she wasn't feeling good she wanted to tap out on day five yeah she knew this yeah Mm -hmm. and the producer said okay one more day so day six great she's awakened by the medics who want to check her out they leave to go get her antibiotics she's in pain um she took malarone that morning which Usually she was taking at night to avoid the mood swings that it gave her, but that day they gave it to her in the morning for whatever reason. And at this point, her two partners, Chris and Luke, Chris is like a bald guy from New Jersey and Luke is like a white guy with like dreadlocks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of like going in on her about, you know, I don't know. She says, is it okay if I just lay here? They're like, yeah, that's fine. Blah, blah, blah. The scene is edited really to make it seem like, you know, like she's getting mad out of nowhere. And like, oh, how pathological of her. Like, oh, she's so cranky. And for what? Yeah, yeah. Because we're never seeing any indication of her being sick or wanting to leave during the show. Like there's one scene where there's a tree full of fruit and they're all looking up at it. They're like, oh, damn, if only we could get it. And Anora's like, oh, I'm really good at climbing. I think I could get up there. And Chris and Luke are like, no, 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 you shouldn't. It's too dangerous. So later in the day, she goes and gets the fruit and decides, fuck it. (laughs) And she gets the fruit, comes back down. You know, they cook the fruit in the fire a little bit because it's unripe, I guess. It doesn't taste good, but it's edible and it's food. Right. And she shares this very graciously with her partners who didn't, you know, go and climb and get it themselves. Right, right. had earlier in the day expressed interest in wanting this fruit. Chris takes a bite out of it and says this tastes like shit and spits it out and throws the fruit in the mud. Great. Like good job. Yeah, like damn, maybe you could have given that back to her so she could have eaten it. Yeah. You know, and not wasted it cuz you didn't go and get it. She's so, afraid food's precious. Um, shit. Chris also kept referring to Anora. This is behind the scenes as Corinne, who was his previous partner on his episode of Naked and Afraid, <laughs> who he pretty much bullied into leaving early. Jesus. So he keeps, you know, calling her by the wrong name, which is obviously very disrespectful. Yeah. When she brings up to them that she lived in Japan in the past, all Chris has to say is like, oh, the prostitutes there are really nice. Uh. So, um, and he also keeps, you know, saying like, damn, I could 
would use a massage and like stuff like that, knowing that Honora is a massage therapist. Uh. So like, so when they get to this point where it's the morning and she's waiting for the, the medics to come and give her antibiotics, she's been asking for two days, like, I want to leave, please let me out. They start, you know, pretty much telling her that she's lazy and needed to do more. Good God. And tell her, like, you know, well, you should just tap out. Tap out, Honora, tap out. And, she, like, this enrages her, rightfully so. That's the narrative they wanted for the second one. They yeah. wanted her to quit twice, like, she, she couldn't yep. hang again. Yeah. Yeah, so at this point, she probably felt so sabotaged by yeah. Discovery. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she decides, I'm going to sab sabotage these motherfuckers. Okay. <laughs> and, like, takes their knife, takes their water bottle, um, <laughs> like, destroys her bow drill and, like, tries to put it in the fire goes and takes her stuff and throws it in the river. Um, at one point, Luke is like, do you think you could try to find my water bottle for me? Please, Honora. He's like trying to be very nice and very calm and whatever. And so she goes to, he thinks she, she's going to retrieve his water bottle from where she threw it. But instead she just like, I don't know, I guess like puts a rock in it and makes it sink to the bottom <laughs> instead. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, it's not like Discovery won't just, you know, give them new whatever. Right, of course, like, yeah. Duh. Of course, they edit the episode to make it seem like, you know, the guys just said one line to her before she exploded and, like, right, you right. know, threw their stuff into the river. And that's not even going into, you know, other stuff that I'm sure happened between her and her two partners. She said she really wanted to throw the cameras in the river, actually. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Her act of sabotage was, I think, directed I don't know. She, she couldn't do anything to the producers of the show, right. right? But she felt really frustrated. So what what can she do, you know? Yeah, right. It's like a small act of control in an environment where she had no control whatsoever. So not the greatest way to deal with your feelings of frustration. No, not but at all. But when you've been asking to leave for two days, you're in pain, you haven't eaten, and you're with two men who are disrespectful. Kind way to put it. Yeah, and demeaning, you know. All right, so Honora goes back to Discovery. She comes crawling back, hoping that this will maybe uh -huh. help her repair her public reputation as a cast member of Naked and Afraid. But instead, it cements her place as one of the most hated people to be on the show ever. I, like, so I, I've heard people talk about this show because it's a very popular show. Like, a lot of people watch this show. And I've definitely heard people talk about her before. Yeah? Yeah, like... No shit. Yeah. On, like, some podcasts and stuff. Just, like, as, like, uh, you know, offhand remarks like, oh, that bitch... Yeah. You know, and yeah, like, totally. There's man. like whole Facebook uh, groups where people like have shitty stuff to say about her. Yeah. Ooh. Like when you go on the Naked and Afraid subreddit too, people are very outspoken there I'm and sure. they're like, oh, don't mention her or she'll show up. Like, yeah, you're fucking talking about her. Like, what do you, yeah, you're so <laughs> you know? So, so what happened after, after, after this, all this? Well, they, you know, they released the episode. What year was this, by the way? Um, 2015. Yeah. So, uh, they released the episode, blah, blah, blah. The fans still hate her. They think she's even worse now. Of course. You know, cause this is, this is even worse than what she did in the Brazil episode, right? right? You know, throwing their stuff into the river. How terrible that she yeah, would yeah. purposely sabotage them like that. Basically, uh, why I can tell you all of this is because she was brave enough to write about it herself, you know, yeah. which more power to her. Like, and I'm going to assume she's not just lying through her teeth. 
Like, why would you? Why would you? <laughs> and just like, if you t- if you give me like a person who's like done all this cool shit and seemed pretty groovy, a person, a human being versus reality TV show producers for Discovery Channel, like I'm believing the human. I'm going to believe the person yeah. too. Yeah. Like, obviously. So she's spoken out about, you know, what actually happened. Regardless of that, people still don't believe her. They're just not, not. They're not willing to listen to her. They don't think that she's a credible source of information. She's like, a villain. Yeah, like, she oh, she just wants to save face after, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. They just took this person and made her the heel. Like, in, like, the wrestling yeah. term. Like, the, the bad guy wrestler yep. that everyone hates. Like, but, like, against her will. Like, they just psychologically and manipulated it, it her It happens on that. reality shows all the time. Fucking insane. Yeah, someone has to be the villain. At, which is perfect because then, you know... Uh, she's seen as not credible right. when she tries to speak out Shit. about it. Like I found one comment on her like Facebook hate group I thought was really funny. It said, I have never posted on Facebook or social media before, but after rewatching the show, I came on my son's account just to attempt to say something horrible to or about this woman. Wow. <laughs> like, okay, lady. Holy Shit. Weirdo. Like, you came here just to attempt to say something horrible to or about her. Like, do you feel good about yourself? <laughs> good God. Yeah. So, um, a former Bachelorette producer who sued the show for sexual harassment said, it's my belief that reality TV producers are extremely talented in the areas of mind control and deception. Yeah. Much of the time at the cost of the contestant or employee, which is terribly disturbing and upsetting. Wow. So this is someone who was a a producer herself on one of these shows. Jesus Christ. And, like, obviously the genre is not going to be abolished anytime soon and abolishing it wouldn't end like cyberbullying or suicide or anything, but it's still impossible to ignore the effects of this on people and what it, what happens to a person after they've experienced this broad range. (laughs) Bullying's not the word that I'm looking for. Misrepresentation. Like I want to call it fucking torture. Torture. Yeah. Humiliation. Yeah. Sacrifice in a way. Jesus. Indeed. I guess what what can be done about this then is kind of the question that we land on. I want to do all sorts of things right now and wait till I fucking cool down because this shit pisses me off. Like I want I want to go fucking beat up Discovery Channel. I you know Discovery is like they're the the head honchos on top of this like you yeah. know pyramid, but then they have all of their little lackeys, all of their viewers who are too, I guess, um, not media savvy to realize that reality TV isn't real. Yeah, you know, kind of doing the work for them. And this this dark impulse also trickles down too. Like mm-hmm. it's not just. It's so much um, viewer engagement, too, which they like. You know, if you're putting out stuff that makes people talk about it on the Internet, then that's good for the show. You know, so if you have someone that's really, really polarizing and fun for people to talk about and hate on, like that's good for them. They, They like that. They have no reason to stop that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Either don't give it your attention or at least, you know think critically when when you look at this shit like you know you can watch an episode of something and really hate someone send out like a tweet like oh this stupid bitch on this show and like mention them by name and then you immediately forget about it and move on to the next season the next characters that are there to hate and whatever but the people that you're talking about can't move on as easily yeah so like i don't know next time you want to say something about someone you hate on a tv show say it to me yeah <laughs> keep, keep it in your group text like, yeah for real i don't know be a little bit more discreet and also realize that like this is for entertainment 
Yeah. Um, and I think that reality TV would do the world a favor by coming up with a different name. For yeah, itself, for real, for like, real. Or add a little disclaimer. <laughs> um, and also people need to understand the risks before they agree to take part in these shows. Yeah, don't. And I guess like, on. you know, the onus... Who is the onus on? Does it even really matter? I don't think it matters. It doesn't. Like, yeah. people just should be taking better care of each other. I recommend checking out Anora Bowen's website, anorabowen.com. That's H O N O R A? Yes. Yes. Oh, there is a great line that Anora wrote too about Chris from Columbia. She said, Maybe he always called me Corinne because the word honor felt uncomfortable in his mouth. Ooh. I was like, Damn, girl. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. 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 She can write too. She can she's write. Kind of she fucking, can write really well. Like, oh, that's how I actually want to close out the episode. Okay. Is with one of her poems. All right. I know. She writes okay. poetry. I'm a, little, I'm a little little, scared, but okay. Okay. Yeah? You're scared I'm that it's going to be like... definitely scared by that fucking smile. That it's going to be cringy? Yeah. All right. It's a good way to say it. Hey, maybe maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. So, this poem is called, The Media is a Death Machine. <laughs> I'm nothing like you, but I appreciate what you said about cannibalism. That was really insightful, said one of my producers from Columbia in a studio in Burbank. I had said that America was a society of cannibals. I can't remember if they aired that line. What I can remember was how I felt when my producer said, I am nothing like you. My heart wanted to punch him. Gratitude from the compliment was swiftly replaced by a hurricane of contempt. No, you are not, I thought to myself. You sleep in silk sheets. You rest your feet on shag carpet or poolside with your wife. When you're not crushing fragile habitats to film reality shows about starving <laughs> privileged people for a fat paycheck, you drive a $100,000 car. You eat steak for dinner. Wash it down with $20 cocktails. You laugh at control and control you do. You control other people's narratives, but mostly you make money off of cognitive and emotional cannibalism. The media is a death machine, no better than Satan's Ragnarok engine, feeding on the souls of the unwitting, of those who want to believe. They put their faith in you. You kill them bit by bit. You feast on their perceptions for power. You are nothing like me. Woo! Holy shit. That's a good poem. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. So I can't really sum it up better than that. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Thank you for fucking bringing this story in. I had no idea any of Like, this is, that was crazy. It's crazy. You are welcome. And I hope I've done Anora proud. I really want to make it clear. I'm totally in her corner. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Wow. Fucking Christ. All right. Well, is All that right. does that about do it? That about does it. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening again. This is the Nonsense Bazaar. You can follow us on here, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, like our instagram page i think we have that up now follow us on twitter uh should be at the nonsense bazaar for all things yes and, please uh, please review us and yeah. blah 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 and just be, tell your friends be nice to each other please be nice to each other yes yeah. all right take, take care. care be well